You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. I know you'll be alright Even when times get hard And you feel like you're in the dark You will see how beautiful life can be when you soften your heart you can finally start to live your truthiest life hello truthiest life fam and welcome welcome back it's your host lisa Haim, and today we're sitting down with a guest named Michelle Maros. You may be familiar with Michelle. If you're not, there's a good chance you're familiar with the Instagram account and nonprofit that she runs, Peaceful Mind, Peaceful Life. If not, check that out on Insta. You'll absolutely love it. I've been following Peaceful Mind, Peaceful Life for years, along with Michelle's mom, Peaceful Barb. They're a dynamic duo. They provide tools for people to achieve a more peaceful existence, and they work really, really hard. They're obviously a mom and daughter working together, so I had to dig deep and find out what the behind the scenes of that really looked like. We talk about wellness and toxic positivity and how she really tries to be a voice that doesn't play a role in that. She'll explain that better than I can. Michelle openly talks about what it's like being single in your 30s. She talks about sobriety, something she chose to lean into during the pandemic, a really hard time when I think a lot of people turn towards alcohol and what life has been like for her since making that change, and lots of practices to find the true you. She's a beautiful person. You're going to love this episode. And thank you, thank you, thank you. Keep sharing. Give us a review on iTunes. And of course, share with me on Instagram what you're loving and how your life is being changed for the better by way of these episodes. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you all back here next week. All right. Welcome to the Truthiest Life, Michelle. So excited to see you in person. I'm so happy to see you. I'll see you in person-ish. This is Zoom still, everyone. I didn't mean to mislead. Zoom is these in-person days, so... (laughs) 
Exactly. Well, it's been a long time since I have gotten to see you face to face and it's so good to see you. All right. You and your mom, Peaceful Barb, the legend. Peaceful Barb, the peaceful woman. You guys run Peaceful Mind, Peaceful Life. So for anyone who's unfamiliar with the Instagram account or what it is, what is Peaceful Mind, Peaceful Life and what's your mission? Peaceful Mind, Peaceful Life is a nonprofit that my mom, Peaceful Barb, Barb Schmidt, (laughs) and I started back in 2012 to help teach and and give people tools to manage stress, to learn mindfulness, to kind of just manage everyday life. We do workshops in person. We are based in Boca Raton, Florida. So we do a lot of work here in the community, but then we have an online platform that also teaches the tools and practices that we talk about. So many questions about you working with your mom, but was she Peaceful Barb? Was that a nickname before Instagram and you had to create a handle? My mom has been practicing meditation for like 38 years since I've been alive. She went into treatment for an eating disorder before I was born. And it was in treatment that she learned about meditation and therapy and mindfulness and yoga, which was pretty early on in like the grand scheme of like the wellness space. Like this was not a thing back then. But anyways, she found that really helpful and beneficial to her recovery And just like it set her on her path to learning and healing. And, you know, she became very passionate about the mind, basically. So fast forward from there, when I was in high school, she started hosting a meditation class locally here in town. And that grew and that grew and people really liked it. And she started doing workshops and it just kind of organically grew And everyone was like, we need you to write a book. We want something to have from everything that you talk about. So she goes to write a book and she goes to buy the website. And again, this is 2014. She goes to do all these things. And everyone always knew her as Barbara, Barbara Schmidt, but Barbara Schmidt was taken. So they're like, let's, let's do Barb, which was very weird for like the inner circle because she was always Barbara, obviously mom to me, but like Barbara. So we, we did Barb, Barb Schmidt. And then when it came to Instagram, we had a friend locally who just one day called her Peaceful Barb. And we're like, that's the handle. She's Peaceful Barb. And it just, I don't know, luckily that was not taken. (laughs) She's fully Peaceful Barb. I mean, she's Peaceful Barb. Her, her, her vibes are immaculate. Your vibes are immaculate. So there's three Instagram accounts that everyone needs to kind of know about here. We've got Peaceful Mind, Peaceful Life, which has over 1.5 million followers, actually 1.7, but I'm just going to say over 1.5. We've got Peaceful Barb. I don't know how many she's got where she's putting out the good word too. He's a star over there. And then Michelle, your Instagram is fantastic, but a different, I I don't know if it's mission-based. It's really, you know, it seems to just be whatever you want to share, which is often, I love it personally. Thank you. It's organic, it's light, but at the same time, there's like the deepness of who you are coming through all the time. Thank you. Yeah, we do all, all of the platforms have a little bit of a different feel, but I always felt for mine, I, I don't ever want to feel too curated or edited. A lot of times I'll just post things when I feel it in the moment and then I won't post things. I mean, I, I, I resonate a lot like with you. I think that's kind of what you do too with your online presence. And sometimes you take breaks and I really mm. honor that. And I'm inspired by that because that's a big deal. There's there's a lot to you that I think comes through from your cat to your loss of your dad to being you've talked about being single in your 30s too. there's so much that I think in this episode we can kind of 
get to. But before we jump into that good, juicy stuff about who you are and how you cope with hard stuff, I want to just understand what your role is at Peaceful Mind, Peaceful Life, given that, you know, Barb kind of, Peaceful Barb comes across as like the one that's been doing it for 30 something years, but you're right alongside of her. What is your role in creating this monster of 1.7 million followers and who knows how many people visit your website and how many people come to the in-person stuff? So like I said, my mom had been doing this and it organically came about that she wanted to write the book. She wanted to have a something tangible to house these teachings and you know, she's in the later half of her life. So this was never for her meant to be something that she wanted to profit from. This was kind of just like she had found her passion and wanted to provide and have it be a service to whoever. And the intention of the nonprofit has always been to have these tools be like accessible for all, you know, so often these things aren't. So that was kind of the, the baseline intention for it. So that's why she wanted to go down the nonprofit route to make this thing, peace of mind, peace of life, a nonprofit. Nonprofit world is an honorable world. It's a a nice thing, but it's also really hard. And, you know, she's in her later half of my life. I'm in my early. And so it's like, there's a lot of interesting dynamics that come in play with, with that, but it's a nonprofit. So it's really our intention to help teach these tools and give these practices to people that need it and want it and that want to learn more. So around the time that she was really coming to this idea that she wanted to start an actual nonprofit, I was becoming a little disgruntled with my corporate job that I was doing in Chicago. And I had really gotten into yoga um, and wellness at that period of time. That was in 2012. And so I quit my job to do a yoga teacher training here in Florida. And I should say that Throughout my life, prior to all of that, my mom obviously taught meditation, did practice meditation, but like never pushed it on me. She encouraged me. She told me about it. She invited me to things, but it was, it was never a forced thing. And so I enrolled in yoga teacher training because I really loved yoga. Yoga was a practice that got me through a lot of difficulty. It was my way of being present. It was my way of like checking out of the world so that I could be present to myself. It just, it ticked so many boxes for my own healing and connecting with myself. So when I started my teacher training, you know, my teachers talked about meditation and yoga is the practice to help you sit into meditation. I'm like, mom, I meditate now. And she was like, hello. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it was at that time that Peace of Mind, Peaceful Life was starting. And I had actually gone to school for journalism Um, writing has always been my thing. And she was like, you know, I really need someone to help me with newsletters and writing content and helping me social media and all of that stuff. So I was like, oh, I'm here for the summer. I'll help you for the summer. And here we are. Here we are. Like however many years that is later. My role within the nonprofit is to, has always been to help write content, help present content now, you know, take all of our stuff and turn it into workshops and courses. And it's a really hard task. Like you kind of are saying it, like it's nothing, but to take the intangible and turn it into tangible, usable, life-changing information or presented in a certain way is a real cultivated skill that I'm sure you've only gotten better with at time, but it could also be really exhausting. It is, it is. And back then, 
so we started social media wise with Facebook. Facebook was the platform back then. And for us, I do think timing is everything. We got into Facebook at the time where like, we have like, I think almost 6 million followers on Facebook, but it's just, we, we got in there at a time where we were filling a need that I think people really wanted. Where like the inspirational meme culture really hadn't caught on like it is now. And so that kind of blew up and gave us some momentum and gave us a broader reach, but it is hard to, like you said, take the intangible and make it into something that people can digest and that people can resonate. And even these days that people won't necessarily take personally or in a, you know, a negative way, you, you can have like a really good intention for something and people can still be like, well, that's messed up. And let me tell you why you shouldn't be talking about that. Right. So it's a lot to think about. Of course. And on Peaceful Mind, Peaceful Life, you are talking about I would call them great reminders, but I could understand how the public on Instagram has some, you know, you're triggering a lot of people by talking about toxic traits, by talking about boundaries, by talking about standing up for yourself, knowing how to take a step back when you're stressed. You know, it's all very counter to the culture that we've been raised as women, but also as individuals. And the bigger you get, the bigger you reach. I'm not going to say you get less of an applaud, but there's not just an applaud. There's people that have a problem with you sharing. Um, and that can be, I'm here like breathing through this. So it seems like this, this, but it, it's interesting that it must affect you. Does it affect you personally when people have a response to the, um, what I'd call amazing content you share? It's hard. So my mom has thicker skin than I do. Oh. I, I take a lot of things personally. That's something that I work on every day. It doesn't roll off my back when I get a mean message. Mm. Like I would one day hope for it too. But at the same time, I, I'm starting to learn that again, everyone is living life through their own unique lens. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how people are perceiving whatever it is that they're reading on the internet that I've put out or that anyone's put out or what's going on in their lives that triggers a response that they feel like they need to come to me about it. When you say come to you, do you mean come to the Peaceful Mind, Peaceful Life page or come to your specific page specifically? All of them. Oh, they find you. They find the DMs and the emails and... Got it. We've been very blessed. The community is 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 good. There's not a lot of nasty messages. But I also know how it can feel, even if there's just a few of the nasty messages, how it colors your lens of, or I'm just speaking for myself personally, of you know, how, how loud it feels and how it makes you question, sure. you know, everything else that you're doing, even if there's, you know, thousands of people applauding that one person fighting back, it, it hurts. It hurts. And I will say lately, something that I've noticed and that we've been talking about in our end is that as online culture tends to like the pendulum tends to swing, you know, I think back in the day when we started Peace of Mind, Peaceful Life, like just the inspirational meme culture of like, just something tried and like, smile and your day will be happy, whatever, mm -hmm. um, was, was the thing. And I think now we're, especially after everything we've gone through in these past couple of years, people are pushing back rightfully. So about a lot of toxic positivity mm -hmm. and you know, spiritual bypassing, which is important because I never want to tell people that if you just think as many thoughts, positive thoughts as you can, your life will be perfect. I do not subscribe to that. And that life is always going to be easy or that, you know, if you do enough work, then your life will be easy. I don't believe in any of that. Life is 
a lot, but it's interesting because I've seen a lot of new accounts and trending things of like pushback to that, that kind of are trying to be like, well, are you trying to be toxic positivity and telling people to bypass like a little bit of that confrontation that I see a lot in our space. And when it's just like, no, we're just telling you what works for us or what's helped us get through a breakup or what's practices that help us feel more connected to ourselves. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. The first time I I found myself with an inner problem, I found myself really happily in the self-help section. And um, it did help me through a lot, but I can understand now how toxic positivity, would you mind describing what toxic positivity is just for anyone who's never heard that expression? Uh, Because it kind of wakes you up after, if you've never heard it before. Yeah. And I mean, truthfully, you and I met when I, we both were living in New York and that was in what, 2017? Yeah. I'd say 16, 17. Yeah. And that was, I was very deeply entrenched in like the spiritual wellness world of that era, which taught a lot of you are what you think law of attraction. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm not saying any of these things are bad in and of itself, but Mm -hmm law of attraction, you know, think good thoughts and you'll feel better. And even I had the mindset that like, if I'm doing all of these things and going to all these workshops and taking all these seminars and getting all these certifications, like one day, like I'm not going to feel this way. And my life is going to be really good and easy. And I'm going to be happy. 
I think it was always like this vein of like finding happiness, being the happiest person. And I think toxic positivity for me, at least is like just thinking happy thoughts to create that happy life. Mm -hmm. Life is life. Isn't bad. I'm thinking that it's bad. Life doesn't have to be bad or stressful you're unhappy because that's the way you're perceiving it. You don't have to be unhappy. And I think this is where a lot of the pushback comes from. We're all born into like incredibly unique circumstances. And I have no qualms about saying like, I was born into a really privileged life in a lot of different ways. And so my baseline is not the same as someone else's. And so I think toxic positivity tends to not meet people where they are and say like, well, even though you have this, this, and this happening for you, you should to mentally get yourself into a place where you can be happy and trauma and circumstances and all of that don't allow for it to be that easy. So true. Um, and I think it's, it's really important. I feel like a good way to put like where the mental health wellness world is now is like one phrase would be, it feels really hard because it is really hard, you know, especially after the pandemic, you know, it's not negative, but it's not the same positivity of think happy thoughts and you will be it's, but it still provides you, I'd say with more breathing space. Like for me, think happy thoughts, you're happy never worked because there's acknowledgement that I need to feel in order to process. So I think it's a good conversation that's happening. We're like manifesting. You're saying manifesting is falls into which category? Well, I mean, like for me, it's like if you if you want to manifest a relationship or a job and you're not getting it, it's because you're not fully vibing with the thing (laughs) or you haven't thought the right way or you're not feeling into it. I think if I fully felt that way, I would be so extremely frustrated with a lot of things in my life. I think there's room for all of it, but I think there's a way that we can approach all of these things that are aligned that help us manage life, not like build our lives around it. And it's hard. I feel like after these last two years for me and, you know, you're a very self-aware person too, to show up in the same way and not, not just acknowledge your privilege, but recognize that our, I'm just going to speak for both of us and please like, tell me if I'm too far here, but to not recognize that there are people in other circumstances where what I say won't be helpful because of, again, those unique circumstances. So I totally hear where you're at because I feel like I I too face those same challenges of how can I show up, meet a vast amount of people, say something that I know is going to help a lot of people, but then also know that it's missing a lot of people who need the same access to health, wellness, and mindfulness as well. Yeah, it's true. And I used to think way back when we started, big is better. I want to help everyone. Like I remember talking to a mentor I had and she was like, what do you want? I'm like, I want to ease the suffering of the world. And I was a lot younger and I had a, I think I had a more naive view of, of life, but I still hope that somehow whatever we do helps ease someone suffering mentally, whatever. But I feel more at peace with like, if I touch like one person or if someone reads a post and feels better, then that's enough. And also getting into the space of like, if it doesn't work for someone and they don't like it, it's okay. Getting to that place. It sounds like you've also just done a lot of personal like ego work or ego for sure. Cause who am I to ease the suffering of the world? Like, <laughs> hello. <laughs> but to be okay with less validation shows that the work that you've done personally over the last few years, you know, it, 
it shows immensely. Again, I feel like I kind of feel the same way too. I used to want to be this whole big star and reach so many people and da, 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 da. And now like, I don't need that validation. And instead I'd rather, you know, impact somebody one-to-one. Okay. So Growing up with Peaceful Barb as your mom, like you said, uh, you're in your 30s. Meditation now is trendier than it was then. We made fun of her growing up for her like granola eating, Birkenstock, Birkenstock wearing hippie life. Like we're like, what are you doing? This is weird. She would like go on retreats. We wouldn't see her, hear from her. Like it was a different time for sure. And I'm sure your friend's parents were different than, than Barb. Yeah, she was in her own league of her own. And did you always have a good relationship where you could kind of learn from her? Or is there a normal mother and daughter relationship that perhaps doesn't make it to Instagram? There's definitely a normal mother daughter relationship. We definitely went through our difficult patches. We've always been close, though. My parents got divorced when I was pretty young. And my mom got remarried and my dad got remarried. But like, I've always been close with my mom. I'm my mom's only actual child. I have a stepbrother. So I just think that it was built in for us to be close. I would say high school is hard for us. Post-college was hard for us. I was in a pretty toxic relationship that she hated. And (laughs) that was hard for us. So like, we've, we've had our moments. But as I've gotten older and we've kind of morphed into a different place, it's we're, we're pretty good, but we, we are not perfect. We fight a lot. We're both in therapy. <laughs> I saw a post that you posted and she commented and she wrote like how she's so proud to be your mom and work together. And as a, a now mom, I so hope that I could have that type of relationship where you know, you meet each other where you're at. Like you said, you're running a business together. She's at the second half of her career, not doing it for money. You're at the front end and somehow you've merged and found each other in this like perfect place where you bring her visions to life or her talent to life. And still your greater mission is impacting people so positively. Like it's just, it's pretty epic, Michelle. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I I think it's been a long journey. You know, we've been doing this for a long time and I can't tell you how many times we've we've gone through should we just stop? Like is this especially it's hard working with your mom because sometimes I just want to talk to my mom as my mom and not peaceful barb, the Instagram woman. And sometimes you don't want to talk to your colleague, you know, and we had a lot of moments where like maybe this isn't maybe we need to stop. Maybe we should reconsider all of this. You know, starting something from scratch, as you know, is not easy and it takes a long time to build things and to grow and to get into a groove. And I feel like we're in a a pretty good place now, but it's not straight line. It's a lot of ups and downs. Well, instead of closing those doors, you are also launching a podcast now, which is it's, is it out yet? It's out. It's out. Okay launched it on 2 22 Okay. So we're recording this just right after that. So apologies that I haven't had a second to dive in yet. I cannot wait to get a taste of what you guys are cooking. Can you share a Thank little you. bit about the podcast and what we can expect? Yeah, of course. It's called Barb Knows Best. Cute. <laughs> um, and it's me and my mom. And it's more of like a living room style conversation about life topics, kind of like what you and I are doing um, of the two of us and just... We have been getting a lot lately, people asking about our relationship, like how we work together, how we've maintained our relationship, like how we talk through things like personally. 
So we kind of wanted to recreate that for the podcast. Can listeners like ask questions or can people submit questions? Yeah, people can submit questions. People can request topics. You know, we don't record live. You know, it's like this. Awesome. And I think that'll be really fun for your audience to kind of get to know who the creators are behind. Yeah, it's a different energy. It's more lighthearted and fun and a way to like kind of get out of our comfort zones. We've talked a lot about like peaceful mind, peaceful life version of Michelle, but I kind of want to get to know Michelle, the real Michelle. I'm ready. Going through your Instagram, you come through so powerfully, but you don't show up in the same way that I show up kind of sharing every little bit about you. Um, But there's so many interesting things about you. And I remember it stood out to me that somewhere along the last two years, you talked about choosing sobriety amidst the pandemic. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, I got sober in May of 2020, which is wild because almost been two years. Also, what is time? Congrats. Also, Um, thank you. There were a lot of things that led up to that, but I will say that first, um, growing up, my mom's side of the family has a, a long history of alcoholism and addiction. And so growing up, my mom always would keep that in the back of my mind. She's like, you have this gene, be careful, don't cross that line, like know that this is something that's in your lineage. And, you know, I think I knew that, but being a young person and going through young people experiences like partying in high school and going to college and having like the young twenties life. Like I did not care. (laughs) And so I know that that was something that my mom was always concerned with when she would see me go out, go out with friends, go, especially in college. Like I know college was a really worrisome time for her because that, that was a, a party time for me. I went to Indiana. That's, I mean, I love Indiana, but that's a party school. So I know she was always very worried about if I was ever going to cross that line from being a social drinker into someone who was addicted to it. And I would say that I always dabbled with feeling like I could kind of step over the line and step back. Like I would go out and, and drink too much and say, or do things that I regretted and have a lot of anxiety about it. But in the context of my life at that time, I was young. That's what everyone did. So it, you know, I could get myself back to the other side, but there was never really a point in my life throughout any of the times that I was drinking where it felt good to do it. I just wasn't one of those people that could do it and feel okay. Afterwards could always feel like I was in control of what I said and did. I never felt good. And I will say like my dad died unexpectedly the summer before going into my senior year of college. And that changed a lot for me, I think, um, obviously emotionally. And so I went from someone who for the most part could like go out and drink and party and have fun to like a crying drinking person. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's distinct differences. I know that what you mean. Yeah. So I think after that, a lot of my relationship with drinking changed and it just it reflected what was going on within me. And so I think obviously that was still a very long time ago, but I think from that point on drinking for me never brought out anything good in me. And I oftentimes would feel so much anxiety about things that I said or that I did. And I just ultimately realized that I couldn't trust myself if I'm drinking um, in any way. 
And that's something that I value within myself. You know, life is hard enough as it is. There's enough anxiety and difficulty as it is. Like if I can't like trust myself, like I'm not okay. So I think leading up to stopping drinking, I had had a lot of moments in my life where I would do things that were not in character or say things, or even like some of the people that I was like cultivating relationships with were just like, not, not good. And it was going down a path of, you know, like if you don't get this lesson, like it's going to be worse. Mm. And luckily, you know, the timing of things being in a pandemic and being home was like a good time to cut that out and not have so much social things going on where, you know, you're just expected to have a drink. I think our society, and I know you've spoken about this a lot with other people as a society, it's just expected of you to do it, even if you don't even want to, because you're not sober. So those dynamics were kind of taken away when I was first getting sober because we were in peak pandemic life. Have there been challenges now that the world has kind of opened up to be around it more, to socialize more? How have you navigated that? you know, there were so many experiences that were taken away during the pandemic where like you have a lot of firsts coming back into like the life where like, oh, I'm going to this restaurant where I haven't been in two years. And usually I would get this, this, and this or holiday time or traveling. You know, I went up to New York for Thanksgiving with my family. And that was like the first family function of that not being on the table. And those kinds of things give me pause, but I will say like, I do not miss it at all. Do you think your mindfulness journey and practicing it has allowed you to give you, like you said, like that pause versus that, okay, this is the holidays, I'll have a drink thing. Yes. And I will say a lot of those moments when I was suffering some of the consequences of like bad choices that I made because I was drinking, I got through them because of like my mindfulness practices, like a hundred percent, like that is where you, you start to realize like all of the work that you've done on yourself comes into play because you've created like a strong foundation within yourself where those difficult moments don't necessarily break you because you can like rely on yourself. And I think that's kind of not kind of, it is what, what I find to be the best thing about having these practices. They're not quick fixes, but they're, they're a slow burn of like, really building things up with, within yourself when you don't even know that you're going to need it, but you have it and you surprise yourself. So I think I do credit all the work I did before all of that to helping me a stick with it and B continue to remind myself of why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I never felt good doing it. So like the thing that I would maybe miss, and I think about this and maybe once, you know, I often think, Oh, what if I go to Italy again? And I want to go to a vineyard because that's like the, in my mind of like the thing that I love, like mm-hmm. I, I love Italy and I love wine tasting. Mm. That would be the thing that would probably be the toughest, but outside of that, I really, it never, I never felt good. It really is something that was not aligned with me and like the best version of myself. And that's something that I care about. You know, some people might say it doesn't make me feel good, but I don't care. And that's totally fine that there's no judgment. But for me, I value feeling good. And I value, like I said, trusting myself and I value being able to feel a sense of like, okayness within myself. And I didn't have any of those things when I was drinking. So knowing all of those things and that I I value all of that keeps me good. 
This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. TIKA.com. I'm big on, on having these conversations on the podcast, not because I think everybody needs to go sober, but I mean, when you shared your story of like your mom's worrying about you, that was also my life. A lot of people in my life always telling me you have the gene, be careful. And you know, now that I've gotten older and, you know, we grew up in the same culture, for lack of a better word, like drinking culture where blacking out was totally normalized in college. And totally. all I want anybody to do listening to these conversations, if you listen every week, you know that if I know somebody who's sober, I am asking questions, whether they're sober, sober, curious, whatever, simply because I want everybody to ask themselves these questions each day so that your choice to drink, to not drink either you know, as a full-time choice or as a choice every time there's an opportunity allows you to stay in alignment with yourself. And I think you said it really best, like, you know, your values and you're asking yourself those questions. Whereas, you know, most people, by the time they're finding themselves to sobriety, they have to back up and be like, wait, who am I? How do I want to feel? How is this getting in my way where you kind of figured that out first? And then it was like, wait, there's this thing that keeps getting in the way of all the things that I personally value. So I find these conversations, I'm personally just so inspired by people who are making that choice. 
And my own relationship to alcohol has changed, but Michelle, big difference. I'm married, living in the suburbs, just had a baby. So I naturally just had a nine month sobriety, you know, quote unquote, to be single. Um, I don't know if you're single right now and you don't have to share that, but to be in your, in your thirties, not married and hunkering down in the same way that I specifically have been, um, I don't know what my relationship to alcohol, that's what I'm trying to say. I don't know what my relationship to alcohol would be if I was living a a different life. And I, I guess maybe I worry that maybe mine would have bled into something that was a little bit more toxic if I wasn't in this exact place. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because certainly for me, drinking and dating was something that again, drinking never aligned with me, but it also, it, I felt the pressure to like, like have drinks on dates or go out and meet people when you're at a bar drinking. And I made a lot of really not great choices in the dating scheme because of that or maintained relationships longer than maybe I should have because of that, or felt like I had to be drinking in order to be a certain way to meet people or anything like that. And it, it's an important point because I think people are more and more becoming open to sobriety or sober curious or just not drinking because you don't want to, you don't feel like it, but it still is not really the most mainstream thing. And I'm not dating anybody right now, but it does present an interesting dynamic when meeting people, because I even remember when I was living in New York, like a few years ago and just wasn't drinking for some like health reasons. And I had friends that were like, why aren't you drinking? Like, who cares? Just do it. Why, why won't you have a glass of wine with us? And like, those are friends. And there is an interesting dynamic there. And it's not always easy. But I think the thing that I have to keep reminding myself is that, again, like I value how I feel and I value trusting myself and, and holding that vision of like the belief that the right people do come into your life and accept you as you are and won't have judgments about that. I definitely believe that. And when I look at you and and your life, (laughs) I know that whoever you attract into it, friendship or romantic, is going to be right in the future or now simply because you are who you are. So, I mean, anybody who comes in needs to meet you at that level and it creates intimacy immediately at a very different, you know, we're not messing around level. Well, that's the thing. Like as, as much as I love not drinking, it also like, that was such a crutch. Like I've noticed that like so much stuff comes up for me now that I'm unpacking within myself that like I hid for a long, long time because I didn't ever have to feel it. Or I didn't ever have to feel like a certain vulnerability when dating, because you could have a drink that could like take the edge off or whatever thing that was uncomfortable about that. So you really are kind of like very out there without any shield or like protection in that regard, because we're so used to like having that. That's hard. Like, I just want to really say that that's really hard to date, to make a new friend, to be in a situation where you're putting yourself out there under the idea that you want to be wanted, you know, like those are some really, I think that's like the bravest thing to do is to show up on a date fully as yourself. Right. Like, And I will say too, it's, there is like a mourning of like an old version of yourself because as, as much as like the drinking Michelle was, did a lot of things that I don't really love. Like she was fun. (laughs) I know what you mean. 
you know, because I got sober during the pandemic and I haven't seen a lot of my friends, like, and I think I've, I've shared about it online a bit. I'm still sorting out the narrative of it because it, it's a personal narrative. I don't ever want to be preachy and I want to share about things, you know, I'm just, I'm trying to maneuver it. So I, I haven't made it like a full on, like I hear you thing on Instagram. So a lot of my friends might not even know, like the ones that I haven't seen in person. And, you know, I was really fun for the most part. Like I was funny. And I think it's mourning that that person and also grappling with like a new set of insecurities of like, well, will some of my friends still like me because I'm not that person anymore. And I won't be that person that will bring like XYZ dynamic to like going out or will people even still want to go out with me because I'm not going to be at the bar at 2am like Mm -hmm. taking shots or whatever. So there is a lot of like mourning that comes along and a lot of like learning how to do some of those social things that like you used to have a crutch for. Yeah. But again, none of that ever comes close to like the goodness that I feel not doing it. I think that's really just a testament to your self-work. And I remember once you and Peaceful Barb spoke at a Nutritious Life event, um, an event in New York City led by Carrie Glassman. And you had us do like a journal I think you called it a mind mind dump, I want to say, where you're just like, just, just right. And I was like, just right. And I, it was like, started to put the pen on the paper. And before I knew it, like, just right turned into a lot of helpful information. And that was a great tool that I took home from you. And maybe one of the first times I even like knew what journaling could be about for anyone listening, because it's so clear that you're so anchored and tied to your values, to who you are, that you must revisit this all the time in order to remember who you are when there's all this noise about all the ways that we could be pulled away from who we are. Is there one thing that you do every day to stay connected to yourself or can you offer any tools for somebody listening to find out who they are? I love the journey to discovering who we are. And I think that sometimes that sounds really cheesy and cliche, but like when you think about life and obviously so much of life is the relationships that we cultivate externally with family and friends and spouses and all of that, we're the only ones that are with us, like ourselves 24 seven. I'm the only one that knows me and knows what's going on for me and knows what I like, what I don't want about like all of the things. And you're the only one that will ever know to a degree what it's like to be you. And so thinking about that, it just feels so important to like get to know who that person is and like be able to live life in connection with that so that you can make the choices that work well for you and know what doesn't and, and just like honor who you are and and what your life path is. And for me too, that connection helps me to like quell some of like the comparison, you know, like talking about being single in your thirties and comparison in in that respect is really hard sometimes because like life gives us a timeline that we're supposed to be living in. But because I've spent a lot of time connecting with myself, like I'm at a place now where I'm like, yeah, I know that that's what everyone around me is, but like, I'm good. And this is the vision that I have for myself. And my life path does not have to look like everybody else's to be what I want it to be or to be meaningful or fulfilling. And so the practices that really have 
been a good anchor and sustain me. And that is meditation. I started meditating when I did my yoga teacher training. And that's something that I, I do do daily. And I like to at least sometimes I'll meditate twice a day, but at least like first thing in the morning before I go out or do things. Meditation for me feels like brushing my teeth. Like I would not leave the house without brushing my teeth, probably. <laughs> so I really try to, <laughs> I really try to meditate before I do anything. Of course, life gets in the way. And I, I'm also not of the mindset that life has to be so rigid. You know, life happens. And obviously, you know, being a, a new mom, like you make a plan <laughs> and life is like, gotcha. So that's something for me. And even that could be like on a busy day, like I'll meditate for like a couple of minutes mm-hmm. or close my eyes again. So that's, that's the one thing. And then journaling, my journaling practice has kind of dipped in and out over time, but I will say since getting sober and being in the pandemic and just having a lot, a lot of emotions arise because of everything, journaling is one of my favorite practices to unpack everything that's going on in my mind. I like to think about it as, you know, if you have something that you have to do, but you don't write it down and it just sits in the back of your mind and like ruminates, like I have, oh, I have to make sure I go to pick up the dry cleaning, whatever. If you don't give like that thought a home and writing it down, like it'll just stay in your brain. So for me, journaling is like giving all of these thoughts that are like going through your mind a home so that it can like not take up so much space in your brain for more productive things or creative things or whatever. So I love doing like a brain dump journaling where I just write whatever comes out and every day it's different. I call that like emotional sifting because even I like that, like I picture it like, or unpacking, like you got to take the things off to see what's below. And then maybe what thoughts can stay, which ones can live on the paper forever. And then you're like, have little packing cubes going on in your brain. I'm really into packing cubes right now. I just use them on my trip to Florida. They're fantastic. I saw that. And I'm, you need to tell me about that. Yeah, I'll find I have, that. I have no method to my madness, just packing cubes on Amazon. And I was a fantastic packer and unpacker and whatever. This, I'm not. You can be because it's the same thing as what we're talking about with your there emotions. <laughs> no, really. Cause life is a circle. Life is a circle. So it really is the same thing when you kind of know what's going in, what's going out, what can go where, what can go there. You know, also what you have, which goes back. Oh, that was a really hopefully poetic or makes absolutely no sense. One or the it other. Was. It felt good. But it, it's one of those things that you're like journaling. Why would that help me? But it really allows you to get clarity as to why you're feeling a certain way, why you're being pulled, where that anxiety is coming from. And just knowing where those things are coming from allows you to like emerge into the day with far more clarity. And that's coming from a person who, like you said, like life has gotten in the way far more than meditation or my mindfulness practices have showed up as of late. But to your point, this isn't about perfection. It's about coming back to these tools time and time again and working on them and learning that they're available for everybody. And I think peaceful going back to the beginning of this conversation, a peaceful mind, peaceful life is that nonprofit providing you with tools to start that journey. If you've, you know, never even tried to listen to one of your own thoughts before. Yeah, it's true. And, and even obviously peaceful mind, peaceful life, the platform online is not like therapy. We're not therapists, but if we post something that makes you think about something differently or can let you off the hook of, you know, forgiving yourself or even just remind you to take a pause throughout the day. Like for me, that's where the benefit is because life is a lot and we're pulled in a lot of directions and the online space is tough. 
So uh, <laughs> lots of noise. So again, that reminder to pause really is everything. It is. And, and even just with going back to journaling, like it's, for me, it's like a, a like a temperature check for my day. Mm-hmm. Like what's, what's happening? Am I, am I good? Am I like all over the place? And even I would say towards the end of last year, like I was feeling very down. It was my way of like keeping track of like, I'm like, how long is this lasting? Like what, what's happening for me? Where like, I'm repeatedly feeling like subpar for myself. So it, it does just help help you keep track of like just how you're doing every single day, which I think is important because otherwise life can just go and then you're not sure. I love that as a good temperature check. Well, thank you so much for joining The Truthiest Life and living yours, Michelle. It's so obvious, I feel like, in everything that you said today, but also the way that you said it. And I know my listeners will understand what I mean because you just spoke from the heart as yourself. So I will put Michelle's Instagram below, Peaceful Mind, Peaceful Lives, and of course, Peaceful Barbs, as well as your new podcast, which I can't wait to listen to. Thank you, friend. I I really am grateful to know you and I'm so grateful for everything that you put out because I, you know, I know life has like ebbs and flows, but you were always so... Thank you. you always say the things and I'm like, yes. <laughs> Thank you. Here, I'm so. in a season of my life where I don't know what the thing is I need to say. So I really appreciate that. But I think that. that's like good. You know, I feel that too. Like who the heck knows what we're supposed to be saying in this moment in time when there's just so much going on. And it's just like just showing up in a way that's like authentic to you. And I, I love you. So I follow your lead. So thank you, Michelle. And we will see you soon. See you soon. Become a part of the fast growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You know that feeling when you walk into your home? Take a deep breath. And feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.